our restaurant has a pretty large kitchen. We have one section which is pretty much all pizza. So all the pizza making happens here. All the dough is here. Are you ready to see how pizza is done in Michigan today? This is pizza chef Akuna Alumba. She's got a showstopper of a pizza oven at her place, Detroit Pizza Bar. The pizza bar, the main part of the pizza bar is the pizza oven. Um, yeah, and it's hot. Right now we're preheating it up to 700 degrees now. And then we'll back it back down because we don't need the temperature quite that high to make the pizzas. But it's our pride and joy and we love it. It's like a beautiful mosaic tiled brick igloo. Dare I say it's sexy for a pizza oven? With big letters across the front that read Detroit Pizza. And Akuna and her business partner built this business from the ground up. Like it's too big, like you have to bust out the windows to get the oven out. So the oven is pretty much a fixture here. So this is permanently a pizza place. This is permanently a pizza place. (laughs) And it'll be at least Detroit Pizza for sure. Akuna is part of the revitalization happening in the city. And she's doing it with Detroit-style pizza. The thing is, she didn't realize that you don't usually make Detroit-style pizza with a high-heat oven. So she rolled up her sleeves and began to figure out how. Right, until we started. And then it was like, burn, 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 doughy, doughy, doughy. There are a lot of things that we figured out, and it was probably two weeks of heartache and a lot of really bad pizza. (laughs) Um, But now... Now it now it now it's wonderful. Yeah, it is. And that's why Detroit style is the new it girl of Pizza Hollywood, if you will. You know, you know what I'm saying, right? It's like the thing right now. Mm-hmm. You can find it in just about every American city and even internationally. To this point, we've been talking a lot about chain pizza. Your brands with hundreds of locations repeating the same process in shops all over the world. But Michigan's pizza influence is also about the independent shops making handcrafted pizza in many kinds of settings. The pizza oven doors are wide open for interpretation and experimentation. This is Doe Dynasty. I'm April Bear. And I'm Laura Weber Davis. In this episode, the biggest thing in pizza right now, Detroit style. First of all, I'll say this. Detroit style pizza is not a fad. It is 100% here to stay. You have certain key components that must be met, and they start with the crust. If you talk about Detroit style pizza, you have to talk about Buddy's Pizza. So one, it starts with the pan. You have to have the rectangular auto pan, and you have to have the sauce on the top. Okay, so a little refresher. We've told you about how pizza came to the United States, how it rose in popularity because of the big pizza chains, and how these pizza chains then clamored to stay on top. Since then, 
pizza culture has exploded. There are pizza shops on practically every corner. If you wanted to stand out, you had to keep it fresh. Experiment. Detroit style is relatively new in the national pizza pantheon. And even here in Michigan, that phrase, Detroit style, is new. But the style itself has a rich history in the region. This rectangular glory has been around for decades. We should straighten out a few things about Detroit style, especially with respect to its difference from Chicago style. Mm-hmm. Laura, how would you how would you explain this to someone who doesn't understand? Okay, like Chicago style is this like round reverse order pizza quiche. Not, not, not that there's egg, right? But it is thick, and it requires a pie server and a knife and fork, and it's messy. <laughs> sorry, sorry, not sorry, Chicago. Detroit style, although lovely on a plate, is a tidy rectangle that you can just pick up and eat. So, where did Detroit style come from? Well, it all starts in 1946 with this guy named Gus Guerra an Italian immigrant. Gus Guerra came to the United States from San Marino, which is a very unique location within kind of the pizza world of Italy. That's Karen Dibus, author of Detroit-style pizza, a Doughtown history. He had very strong cooking traditions that were from San Marino that impact had how he chose to cook. And San Marino's in the north of Italy. Correct. Yeah. So different than Sicily. Again, these are really big distinctions within the pizza universe. The pizza-verse. It's true. People really get very um, localized in their choices of what they either top it with or what they choose to serve. Karen, how do you like your pizza? I am not a super picky person. I will take a margarita any day of the week. So something as simple as sauce, cheese, and basil, I'm all in. I will take any ingredient you want to throw at me. I am never going to turn a pizza down. There, to me, there's no such thing as a bad pizza. I can find redeeming value in every slice. I love you, Karen. In her book, Karen dives deep into the origins of Detroit-style pizza and its rise to popularity. And there is no debate. It all starts with Gus Guerra's family recipe. So the story goes that Gus Guerra comes to Detroit from northern Italy, and he meets his future wife, Anna. They get married. She's Sicilian. And Gus picks up pizza influences from his Sicilian mother-in-law. And it's this family recipe that Gus adapts over the years and starts to serve at his bar. The place that Gus Guerra founded in Detroit was called Buddy's Rendezvous. Um, Was the pizza style there closer to Sicilian or San Marino style? Can you sort of unpack what you've been able to learn about what he was making? I believe for Gus, it was the perfect marriage of both styles. He had to respect his mother-in-law's influence, and she brought the Sicilian-style pizza, more of a focaccia-like crust. You have like a mix of breadcrumbs, tomatoes, anchovies, onions on top, whereas Gus was all about kind of the inexpensive fresh ingredients that he could get locally. And so you have this unique combination of something that was Sicilian, but with that San Marino, that immigrant experience of loving local and really wanting to serve his guests the very best he could. What I love about it is that the origin of this pizza style is at a bar in 1946 at Buddy's Rendezvous. It's so easy to isolate where it happened. 
our New York City pizza tour guide, Scott Wiener. And it was just the pizza at this one place. And the only reason it exists is because Gus Guerra's mother-in-law, who was from Sicily, used to make this dish at home called sfingione. That's right, sfingione, a Sicilian-style pie. Again, more of a focaccia-like bread. When that style of focaccia landed in the United States, it starts getting cheese on it, and then it turns into this thing that we call Sicilian pizza. And when Gus's mother-in-law starts making this at home, and he decides, oh, I'm going to sell that in the bar. It's going to help people stick around. They won't have to leave to go and eat food. They'll just stay around and eat this here. He didn't know what he was doing. And so he figured, go to the local hardware store and buy the pans that are there. And I think everybody knows this story. There was nothing that he could find that could bake this pizza. Now, this guy has been around Buddy's Pizza for a long time. Wes Pecula, former dishwasher turned chief brand officer of today's modern Buddies. He has been with the business some 48 years. Okay, so... There were no rectangular pizzas at the time, which brings us to the pan. There's a great deal of consternation and folklore around what sort of pan did Gus Guerra use when he established Buddy's Pizza. Because this area was filled with automotive suppliers and you had many smaller tool and die shops, the customers that talked about when he talked about a square pizza, that there was something they had in their shop that resembled this square rectangular thing, and they used it to collect nuts and bolts. It was used as a drip tray. Lo and behold, it was brought into the restaurant. They put some dough in it, and it baked amazingly. And just to clarify, not the literal used drip tray, a new one, unused. And I believe it came from a family bread pan that would have been more rectangular or like what we think of when we make homemade bread now today. I'm not even going to go there about what such steel might contribute to the flavor of Detroit-style pizza. But I just want to know, Karen, can this folklore be trusted about the rectangle pans? I don't believe, based on countless interviews with family and with people familiar with that era in pizza, that we can definitively say, yes, these pans came from an automotive plant. I can't deny that there is a chance that Gus, because of his automotive background, he did work for one of the auto companies, and because of the location of the original buddies being around a lot of suppliers, could have been given a pan to use. But his family concurs that a lot of his pans came from a hardware store, and he would have seasoned them to make them food safe. And there weren't a lot of baking supply stores in that era around Metro Detroit like we may have now. But the hallmark of Detroit-style pizza is that rectangular shape and the depth. And it has got to be the most famous pan in all of Michigan. A whole folklore around a pan! There is more to this pie than just the pan. Preparation of the dough is also important. You have certain key components that must be met. And they start with the crust. It's a high hydration or water-forward dough so that it has nice big kind of like aeration or bubbles. Then you also have to have the next layer is either your topping, like a pepperoni. Then they actually put the pepperoni on the dough. Then the cheese. Now the cheese was different. 
Most pizza places, probably 99%, were using mozzarella. They decided to use Wisconsin brick cheese. And the cheese is very specific. It's usually something that is buttery, like a brick cheese, or a cheddar that's going to have like a higher fat so that you get that caramelization around the edges of the pan. Then they added the sauce. The final thing that you'll do is sauce on top. And the way they did the sauce is they striped it. It's sort of a skimming instead of a ladle. And part of that was to create this light textured crust that wasn't real doughy or gummy or soggy. So so it was a light skim of a freshly made tomato sauce. And there you have it, Detroit-style pizza. My mouth is watering. Me too. In 1953, Gus Guerra left Buddies behind, and he opened a new restaurant called Cloverleaf, taking his recipe with him. But Gus didn't work in a vacuum. He worked with other pizza chefs that went on to do their own thing, expanding on what they learned. Over the years, Buddies, Cloverleaf, Domino's, Little Caesars, they all coexisted. So it's not impossible that the big chains knew of this deep dish pie. But they weren't appealing to the same market, and they didn't have the same intentions. Over the years, Detroit-style pizza began to infiltrate and influence the pizza world. Detroit-style pizza was a local favorite. It's only recently become an international superstar. Here's Buddy's chief brand officer, Wes Pakula. And as the years went on, different people came in, fell in love with the pizza, right, as customers. And then they figured, hey, they're doing it, maybe we could try it. This is where the kids who grew up on Buddy's Pizza either move to another state or have an experience outside of Detroit when they come to realize a square pizza is something unique and different. And we'll get into how the chains caught on to this unique and different pizza right after the break. Support for the Doe Dynasty podcast comes from Visit Detroit, featuring the Detroit Pizza Pass, a digital passport to curated pizza restaurants in Metro Detroit with mobile check-in opportunities at each location. Information at visitdetroit.com slash digital passes. Support for the Doe Dynasty podcast comes from Visit Detroit, featuring the Detroit Pizza Pass, a digital passport to curated pizza restaurants in Metro Detroit with mobile check-in opportunities at each location. Information at visitdetroit.com slash digital passes. It seems like the first pizza chain that really latched on to Detroit style was probably Jet's Pizza. Reasonable people can disagree about whether Jets is truly Detroit-style. But there's no question that this is a brand a lot of people associate with the form. Again, Karen Dibus, author of Detroit-Style Pizza, A Doughtown History. Jets is unique to the, the Detroit universe because they pattern themselves a little bit more after Little Caesars in terms of volume. You guys... This is a story I take really personally. Jets is my personal fave. I have lots of feelings. In 1978, two brothers, Eugene and John Jets, opened Jets Pizza in Sterling Heights, Michigan, forever changing my life, knowing that I would one day fall deeply in love with their (laughs) product. Just for me. Just kidding. 
Eugene and John were visionaries in that they understood what Domino's and what Little Caesars had done was replicable with a more Detroit-style pizza if there were certain aspects that they could kind of massage. Remember, at this point, there were only a handful of pizzerias doing Detroit style. Now, they chose to go with that nice, big, thick crust, the wonderful cheese edge. To do the sauce on top wasn't as easy to replicate with the kind of ovens they'd need to use, but still has that craveable, amazing, delightfully homemade sauce and taste that their mother taught them. John and Eugene credit their mom with a lot of the recipes. Thank you, Mama Jets. Indeed. But there's an important thing here to note. They place the sauce between the dough and the cheese, not on top of the cheese like Gus Guerra and those that followed in his methods originally did. But they very firmly die on the hill that they are just as Detroit style as everybody else. By 1998, the first franchised Jets pizza shop opened its doors. Now there are hundreds of locations across 21 states and expanding on the strength of the popularity of Detroit style. Other pizza chains have tried this along the way as well. In 1988, Little Caesars introduced its own deep dish pizza known as the Pan Pan. At Little Caesars, you'll really see two pan pizzas pan pan. for one low price. The sauce is, notably, not on top. And in 2022, Little Caesars starts using the term Detroit-style pizza. Little Caesars Detroit-style deep dish pizza has caramelized crispy cheese edges and a soft, chewy center. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, and so for a time, Pizza Hut, the Wichita-based company, made a Detroit-style pizza. Pizza Hut's Detroit-style pizza is back. Same crispy crust, cheese all the way to the edge, and the sauce still on top. Not to draw a microscope to this, but the sauce was on top. But this is a chicken or egg situation. Even though the national chains can create household names of pizza, it's the brilliant independent pizza makers that have revolutionized the form into something special. Akuna Olumba at Detroit Pizza Bar says some of this is just Detroiters' ingrained attention to craft. I think the reason why our proliferation is so great is because Detroiters, we do things big and loud, Right. And and we just kind of like we'll do this and we'll push it out. Right. So it's like when you think about Motown, like it's not that there weren't other artists, other places. It's just that Detroit, we pushed it out. Right. We personify it so that people, all types of people like it. Right. At a macro level, the wider industry started paying attention to Detroit in no small part because of Sean Randazzo. Sean worked with Gus Guerra's family at one point and then went on to open Detroit-style pizza company. For enthusiasts like New Yorker Scott Weiner, their first exposure to Detroit-style pizza was because of Sean. At the Pizza Expo in Las Vegas in 2012. And this year's world champion pizza maker is Sean Randozo. Yeah! when he made what eventually became the award-winning first-place pizza that year and the first time most of the pizza industry had ever seen Detroit-style pizza. And without a guy like Sean Randazzo taking his pizza recipe to Las Vegas to this wonderful thing called the Pizza Expo that they have every year and wowing the crowd with this incredible light, crunchy crust with a cheese edge, 
we would not have what we have today, which is literally Detroit style is served all over the world. Sean died in 2020. But the pizza legacy is permanent and growing. Laura, I have to ask you, it is truly great seeing this love and attention for Detroit-style pizza in all of its deliciousness. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, food trends come and go. Do you think all of this is just a flash in the pizza pan? That's a fair question. First of all, I'll say this. Detroit-style pizza is not a fad. It is 100% here to stay. And the reason is because it is really easy to make it well. Scott's take is this. The ease all comes down to the rectangular pan. There's no shaping of this perfect circle. For Neapolitan pizza, for instance, you have to have a 900-degree oven, and to stretch the dough is very tender and gentle, and to bake it without screwing it up is nearly impossible. On the other hand, to make a good Detroit-style pizza, it's a dough that sits in the pan, so once you've pressed it into the pan, all you have to do is wait for it to rise enough. And then you toss more cheese than you need. The cheese burns along the edge. And when you take it out of the pan, what's not to love? I think that's what makes it so important as a food history and as something that is unique to Detroit, that we took something that seems simple on the surface and elevated it to this point where it has become part of the pizza pantheon, that we are among the greats. That, to me, really speaks to why this Midwestern food We need to continue to claim it and never let the words Detroit style be erased from the lineage of this particular pizza. Okay, so we need to actually address something about the lineage. If you haven't noticed through this series, we've been talking about the influence of an awful lot of white men in the pizza industry. But there's more to the pizza story. Chef Akuna Alumba's place, Detroit Pizza Bar, is a Black-owned business, by design. They're in a neighborhood that is devoted to development of Black-owned businesses in a majority Black city. My favorite toppings are veggie toppings. So if I have a pizza, if somebody asks me what I want, it's always green peppers, mushrooms, and onions. Akuna is one of very few women of color to own a pizza shop in the city. She's actually an engineer and lawyer by training, but got into the pizza biz with a friend. And the funny thing is, I didn't really know it was very male. So we have almost always at the pizza bar had women pizza makers. The barriers to entry in this industry for women, and especially women of color, are anecdotal but significant enough to notice. We were doing a commercial for Chase. So Chase has done this nationwide campaign about workforce development, right? And one of the executives from... Uh, Chase it, I've never seen a black lady pizza maker. Pizza is still absolutely white male dominated. Scott Weiner says this is because pizza has a close history with bakers, another field that was commercially white and male. But it's being totally challenged now, and we can't overlook what happened in Michigan that has challenged it, which, I mean, Mike Illich wasn't the only Illich involved. Marion Illich was a huge part of it. Tom Monahan worked closely with his wife Marjorie as well in the early days of Domino's. And the same was true for Gus Guerra over at Buddy's Rendezvous. Anna Guerra, she is the daughter of the woman that kind of came up with the original recipe, but she also is her partner to Gus. You know, she serves as the chef in the kitchen without Anna backing up Gus. 
we don't have the kind of rich story of what this food means to Metro Detroit and and why that buildup of those brands is why those businesses can be here today. But the vast majority of independent pizza places in the city are still white-owned. There are barriers, historic barriers, which which place way more capital and access to capital in white hands than in black hands. Look, that's the story of Detroit right now. That's Stephen Henderson. He's host of Detroit Today on WDET and founder of Bridge Detroit. And he's a lifelong Detroiter. I mean, you've got a black majority in a city um, that that has all of these tremendous assets and, and potential assets, and they can't be leveraged properly for the benefit of the population because that population is black. There's just no other way to describe that. At the same time, um, you are starting to see things like black-owned pizza places. I mean, just just that phrase in Detroit is a strange one, right? Um, there, there historically haven't been very many. The bigger Detroit style gets, the more hands in the food scene are on it. Pizza is modern American food. It's everyone's food. Pizza for the people. Imported by immigrants who came to this country in pursuit of a better life. And so we're going to bring it back to where we began. An immigrant story. And even though we view it as fundamentally Italian, the dough ball was picked up by all kinds of Americans and immigrants who ran it down the field. In his autobiography, Tom Monahan noted that in his earliest pizza days, he went to New York to eat pizza, and he expected it all to be made by Italians. But when he got there, he was surprised to find that the pizza makers were mostly Jewish and Filipino. Mike Illich's family was from Macedonia. Gus Guerra was from Italy. Pizza, like America, like Michigan, is an immigrant story. And that's why pizza and the industry continue to evolve and be shaped by all kinds of American innovators. We've met so many people on our pizza journey who continue to put their own stamp on the industry. Hi, my name is uh, Ali Beydoun. I'm a pizza maker. I've been making pizzas for 24 years. One of my favorite foods is, of course, pizza. I love my pizza very thin, uh, light cheese, lots of tomatoes. One of the best crusts that you'll find in Detroit today can be found in the southwest part of the city, which has traditionally drawn immigrants for a long time. It's where Ali Beydoun got into the business, with a neighborhood shop called Sicily's. Ali bought the place after he came to the U.S. from Lebanon. Well, I, I took it over in 99 from someone else. It was, it was an acquisition. I started as a gas station clerk, and I was fixing, repairing cars as a, as a helper. Then I became a mechanic with my own shop. It was very challenging. This place came up, and that's where I found, I found an opportunity and an income. It wasn't a passion, frankly. This is a very a similar, familiar pattern as many immigrants do. You just follow the opportunity. His award-winning pies are masterpieces of simplicity, grounded with a sourdough crust affectionately referred to around the shop as mother. It smells like a beer. Well, that's, I've heard that before, too. That's a, yeah. how, how old is mother? I was told I acquired it from somewhere else. I was told it's like 200 years. Do you remember a point in the business when 
You actually started thinking about pizza and thinking about menu. It was, it was about seven years ago. And I've tasted different pizzas, and one of them was a sourdough pizza. And that's what really kind of clicked in my head. The texture, the flavor was just out of this world. And then we truly wanted to set ourselves apart, uh, gearing up and then building this, this very unique and very interesting product. Ahead of the curve is what will, will, take us, will take us to survive in this business. And personally, once I had this experience, and, and I believe I was maturing up a little bit as a pizza maker, uh, I really made the decision to change. And innovation is not just happening in Detroit. Hello! Hi. How was the... Macaroni dosa? It was Amazing. So With the Ritz cracker. Oh yeah, it's the Ritz cracker and the uh, chutney. This is Mama Pizza, just a few blocks away from the first ever Domino's in Ypsilanti. All right, ooh, through the saloon doors. So this is the oven, conveyor oven. So I can make hundreds of pizzas an hour. I just need customers. (laughs) It's a small, simple establishment, much like the original Domino's. But the owner has his own big ideas. My name is Sam Mothe. I came from India in 1989 to do my master's in mechanical engineering to Wayne State University. Then I uh, got my green card citizenship, and then I worked at various companies, you know, suppliers, various companies. This was my dream, like, you know, start my own business, you know. Pizza, food, and, and people are the passion, you know. Okay, and what's your favorite pizza? Hands down, it's a samosa pizza. Yeah, you heard that right. It's a samosa pizza. It's a pizza with a pocket in the middle, filled with that wonderfully spiced potato and green pea goodness that you find in a samosa. And I am here to tell you, it's a game changer. One day I was, I was getting ready to make dosas. Then I'm staring at this uh, big tub of uh, potato, green peas, curry. Then the bulb went off, you know. I should do something with the samosa. <laughs> then I, I, a couple of iterations, then I came up with the samosa pizza. And this samosa pizza, it's anything but a one-off. I haven't even started yet. There, there, there will be some ginger chutney pizza, which would be, no, no one has ever tasted before. And there will be a green curry pizza which is like a spinach, palak paneer, but a variation of my own. They're they're all coming. Yes, pizza is like you have a clean sheet of paper and you can do anything with it, like imagination, right? Sky is the limit. Sam tried to open a pizza chain franchise at this location, right in the heart of chain pizza paradise. But he was rejected by all of them. But it turns out to be a blessing, because if he had opened a chain pizza place... He'd never be experimenting with Indian flavors in his pizza. All right, so my last question is, how did you come up with the name then for your store, Mama Pizza? The store next door, a bunch of kids come, so, so they have a lot of traffic going through. So if I have a big sign saying pizza, even though the parents want to eat tacos next door, kids are going to drop on the floor and cry, Mama, Mama, Pizza, Pizza. And they... <laughs> They're going to drop on the floor and cry. And the mommy has no option. She can't eat tacos today. She has to buy the kids the pizza. That's how I came up. And my daughter approved the the name. So Mama Pizza. It all comes back to just that. The childlike love of pizza. It's something that starts from the earliest ages for all Americans. Birthday parties, graduations, 
classroom parties, all of it, with these wonderful corrugated box buffets of cheese and pepperoni pies. That fragrance of grease and cheese and pizza box, it's intoxicating. And it came from those pizza chains that started right here in Michigan. This has been Doe Dynasty. I'm April Bear, mushroom and pepperoni on thin crust, every time. And I'm Laura Weber Davis, pineapple deep dish from Jets, every time. If you like what you heard, share the pod with a friend, and maybe also while sharing a pizza. This is the last formal episode of our series, but we have some really fun bonus content coming at you soon. I'm telling you, the interviews for this series are the gift that just keeps on giving. Weird stories from pizza drivers, an appreciation of ranch, all of that and more coming for you in this feed. This episode was produced by Mercedes Mejia, who loves a classic margarita. Fresh basil, tomatoes, or a New York style with sausage and peppers. What a classy lady. Other producers on the podcast are Ronia Cabinsag, April Van Buren, and OG pizza driver Mike Blank. Rachel Ishikawa is Doe Dynasty's podcast editor extraordinaire. Bella, Rachel, thanks for everything. Our web team is Jody Westrick and Paulette Parker with help from Emma Wenowicki. Special thanks to Pizza Consigliere, Holly Eaton, and to Tessa Crash, Kate Weiser, and Olivia Meradian. Our theme music comes from Personal and the Pizzas, additional music from Audio Network and Blue Dot Sessions. Doe Dynasty also has a newsletter where you can get exclusive pizza-related content and more fun stuff. Sign up at michiganradio.org slash doe. I'm Laura Weber Davis. This labor of love has been a pleasure to share with you, much like an excellent pie. Please visit your local pizza maker tonight. I'm April Bear. Please also save us a slice. Yes. Bye. Bye. Bye.